Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to ENN 49. This is a special edition. Today, we are going to be breaking down the flex that Disney dropped on the entire film industry. Um, last, in the last couple of days, they had an uh, investor day in which they unveiled a, a tsunami, a wave of new movies, new series, new content that's coming to theaters and coming to the Disney Plus app. So your favorite entertainment news podcast is back at it. 2020 has been has been a rough year. It's been a cold world with no blankets, but we are here for you like pacifiers for babies. And joining me on this fantastic voyage into the cinematic wastelands are my homies, my ride or die, my best, best buddies out here in this dangerous, dangerous internets where you can be canceled, where you can be exiled. I'd rather do this with no one else but Christian and Paul. Christian, welcome. Hey, man, thanks. It's good to be here with both of you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into what's become one of our favorite uh, topics lately, the streaming wars. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes. As a matter of fact, you know what? I, I feel that at this point, we are like the streaming wars experts <laughs> when it comes to podcasts. I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of that. Uh, Paul, glad to have you on. We didn't have you on the last episode. Missed you a lot. Missed your positivity. Okay. Yeah. I think um, I missed two in a row. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be back and talking about one of my favorite things, though, and that's uh, that's the mouse. You know me. I'm a, I'm a Disney shill at heart. I love, love my mouse. Uh, speaking of pacifiers for babies, and uh, looking forward to, to cramming this episode in before I get to go watch my lions get shellacked, and then I will also need a pacifier while I'm crying like a baby. Wonderful. And you know what? For, for our audience, if you haven't like caught on to a little inside joke, it's quite ironic that uh, Paul is not a fan of the Marvel movies at all. He doesn't like the fact that, you know, they're generic. There's like all this like humor. They're made for like kids and they pretend to be grown up movies. All these valid criticisms, subjective but valid. But at the same time, he's the biggest Disney shill. I'm telling you, like this guy takes trips to Disneyland, watches everything else that's Disney. He, you know, has he basically lives his life with the mouse ears on. And so here's another here's a, here's another one that's gonna get me canceled. Lupe, my favorite YouTube channel, Disney Food Blog Guy. Go check it out. <laughs> oh as good as it gets. You should have kept that one to yourself. You yeah, know, I, don't I, don't I, I can't get one. it off. I got notifications on. I can't wait for every new episode. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, guys, let's get right into ENN 49. And we have a lot to talk about. And we have strong opinions about everything as usual. We are the film exiles, so you are going to get the absolute truth. We're not going to sugarcoat things because we cannot be canceled. We've already been exiled. So Disney announced that over the next few years, roughly 10 Marvel series, 10 Star Wars series, 15 Disney live action, Disney animation and Pixar series, and 15 all new Disney live action, Disney animation, and picture features will be released directly on Disney+. Plus. Whew! That was a mouthful. I think someone described this perfectly. Like Disney just unzipped their pants and just dropped 
bam, their dick on the table and cracked the table. Oh, okay. Oh, um, 13, right? What the? No, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> easy, easy, easy there, G- G- Giovanni Campia. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but for, for for real, for for a, a studio that you know has this whole family friendly, this whole you know nice persona, this was pretty diabolical and pretty much big bully behavior. And you know what? I respect it. So today we're going to react to all the announcements, or as many as we can within the allotted time that we have. And this is the rundown of how we're going to do it. So we're going to start off with the uh, 10 Marvel series that uh, were announced. Then we are going to move on to a galaxy far, far away with the 10 Star Wars series. Then we are going to discuss uh, all the live action Disney animation and Pixar stuff. There are about 30 of them. We won't be able to go over every single one of them. But we'll talk about the ones that, you know, um, are of interest to us. Okay, so uh, join us and let's go. So starting with Marvel Disney Plus series. So these are the ones that will be exclusively on the streaming service, which, by the way, is closing in on 90 million subscribers. They completely shattered all their projections um and they've been doing a, a fantastic job i mean the the value proposition for the um for for the product is just is out of this world it's and quite cheap they do go and, up a dollar a month i think next year yeah yeah dollar a month which yep. is which it's it's basically like ba- the bang for the buck is just is out of this world and it's anchored by a prolific series in the mandalorian and then it has a robust catalog um, it's 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 a winning formula, which uh, other competitors, apart from Netflix, they're in their own stratosphere. Which other new competitors are struggling to 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 match. So with the Marvel series um, for Disney Plus, uh, the first one is a uh, Wandavision. This one is coming out on January uh, the fifteenth. They also got a new trailer. Then uh, there's Falcon and the Winter Soldier which also got a full trailer along with a March release date. Then the first look at Loki um, series will be starring Tom Hiddleston, and it should be debuting in May 2021. Then um, talked about, you know, the Hawkeye series, which will premiere late fall of 2021. And then there's a What If, an animated series that features voice casting from a lot of the Marvel stars, you know, the regulars, um, and it's uh, like an kind of similar to what DC used to do with Elseworlds. Like, imagine if in a, some parallel universe, somewhere in the infinity of of reality, um, characters, you know, switched uh, roles. Um, then Feige also announced some series that are are further into the future they're in the development stages um iron heart uh which is set to star uh dominic thorne engineering a uh dominic thorne who's an actress she's she's going to be playing the engineering protege riri williams armor wars which uh, examines one of tony stark's biggest fears and stars don Cheadle, who plays um uh Rhodey in in the MCU. 
Um, then Secret Invasion, <clears throat> which will star uh, Samuel L. Jackson in his uh, Nick Fury role. And obviously that's going to involve uh, the Kree and shape-shifting and all that kind of stuff. Um, ben Mendelsohn uh, will return as, as shapeshifter Talos. Um, then uh, other stuff is uh, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, um, Tatiana Maslany will be playing She-Hulk. Obviously, we already know um, that uh, Moon Knight is one that a lot of us are, are anticipating. Oscar Isaac is going to be playing the, the titular hero. Miss um, Marvel uh, will be played by young lady Iman Bellani. She'll be Kamala Khan. Then they're also working on a Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special, which should be due out in uh, 2022, and uh, that will be the fourth Guardians of the Galaxy um, uh, feature directed by James Gunn. But it will be coming out before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is set for release in 2023. And then um, there's a short film called I Am Groot, uh, starring uh, Groot. So, let us uh, hand it over to our Marvel MCU expert, Christian, to kick us off. Tell us um, what you think about whatever tickles your fancy. You can go in as deep as you want to, or you could just pick just a, a highlighted few and, and tell us your reaction. Yeah, it's, uh, it's ambitious. Uh, it, it's it's doubling down. I mean, they had talked about for the last couple of years, and we we haven't seen it. Uh, and I know I know that Disney Plus has only been out for a year, but they said that this would be the home for new live action Marvel shows, and this would not be where they would just kind of pluck some like every show wouldn't just have like you know the three of us in it basically, <laughs> like brand new actors. They were going to try to bring back the people that we knew and the people that we got used to over the last 12 to 13 years of the Marvel universe while trying to launch another generation and get some legacy. Um and I think that that was important especially with Endgame being Endgame, where are we going to go from here with some of these characters. So breaking down a couple of them and I don't want to go I don't want to bore you guys and go into too much detail, so I'll just give you some quick reactions to some of this stuff. Like WandaVision, it got a new trailer. We can talk about it a little later if you want to. There's not too much more for me to say about this. I've been on record saying that this is the one show that was my favorite of the group coming up, and that hasn't changed. I love Elizabeth Olsen. I think she does a great job in the role. She brings a lot to most movies that she does. I think she's pretty underrated as an actress. Um, You can't flex a lot. In a one in a Marvel show, but this is you know it's Wanda Vision because it's Wanda's vision. She's breaking down and she's creating this perfect reality for her and the Dead Vision to exist in. And I don't know where else they're going to go with this, but they've shown a couple of little bits and pieces with the government getting involved and the remnants of Shield and everything to try to control her power. And it could be an interesting show. We don't know exactly, as we said. Marvel doesn't dig deep into issues like PTSD and stuff like that, so we really don't know how deep they're going to go. But I told you I've been I've been really I've been really hyped on this show, and I still am hyped on this show. So I, that's one that I've, I'm targeting and I want to see. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I told you guys I wasn't really into that, and then I saw the trailer, and my mind changed. Now I'm into it. Um, I really like the chemistry between both gentlemen. I think both actors did a, a great job in just a little bit that we got, and it had shades of Winter Soldier in it, which is my favorite MCU movie. That and Infinity War are my two favorite movies from from the MCU. And there's just shades, like, you don't see a lot of laser blasts, there's not a lot of cosmic bullshit going on. It's just these two guys, a lot of stunts, getting involved in what looks like anti-terrorist activities, and trying to continue the legacy of one of the few characters in the MCU that actually had a, a complete arc with Steve Rogers. 
and especially with Falcon feeling that he can never take his place. Um, and I really like that. So there was a couple little plays in there. I thought it was good. Loki, my fellow MCU fans, you can cancel me all you want. I got no interest in the show whatsoever. I, I think Loki should stay dead. He, he died in Infinity War. I thought he had a good ending, giving himself up for his brother and everything. I'm done with Loki. He, he's not even really a villain anymore at this point. He's just a trickster, a jokester. Hiddleston's great. He's, great. he's a very good actor. The character's fun. But I just don't see where else that they can go. And they're going backwards in time and taking the Loki from 2012 and letting him play around and have his shenanigans. There's, it looks good. There's some really cool things going on with it. Like it looks like a prestige property. It's just, it's got great special effects so far. It's just, I don't get it. So, you know, I mean, like I said, MCU fans, you can cancel me for that one. I don't understand it. Um, I won't go deep on a couple of the other ones here, except for what if I had forgotten that this was an animated show. Completely forgot about that. And my Marvel chat reminded me recently. And I was telling Paul off the pod that I think DC has just slaughtered Marvel when it comes to animation. They killed them. They've crushed them. DC's animation is off the chain. But this was pretty good. And if you guys know anything about what if, they can ask very serious questions about like, what if Steve Rogers had become a Nazi? Very serious questions like that. And they can ask really stupid questions like, what if Wolverine had become a vampire? So they run the gamut. And I really hope that this show, yeah, I don't know how serious you can go with some of the animation, although we've seen Blood of Zeus and other shows go really hard on this, Castlevania. I don't think we think this is going to be an R-rated show, but they can do things in this show that they couldn't necessarily do in live action. It's going to be tough to get Chris Evans, Hemsworth, Haley Otwell, all of them back, but you can get their voices back. You can get their voices back to do this. So I think that they can really dive deep into the different areas of the Marvel Universe. Some of the casting that we got for She-Hulk and also for Ms. Marvel, knowing that they're also going to cross-appear in Captain Marvel 2 and a couple of the other places, that's really cool. But we don't know enough about that right now. Moon Knight, there's still not a lot out about it. Um, I think people are really excited about that particular character. I'm going to leave that one for Paul to talk a little bit about um, because I know he is looking forward to that as well. And the last one, I'll, I'll end on these two. Ironheart was a weird comic. It was, it was a time when Marvel was trying to become more inclusive in the last couple of years, and I applaud them for that. But in my opinion, it was a bit of a weaker comic. I think they could do better in live action with having the young woman want to protect her South Chicago neighborhood and really feel like they're under attack. I think that there's ways that they can really make that work, but I don't know enough about it yet. I just know that the comic was very meh. So I, I wasn't really sold on that. So let's see. Armor Wars has probably one of the dumbest names I've heard so far, but it could go into an interesting direction because the only movie that really has concentrate on that was Iron Man 2, where other where it looked like other countries were copying the Iron Man armor and trying to get the tech. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they even went and they had, you know, Senate hearings and they went to committees and stuff. We never really heard anything else about that. It was just Iron Man went mm-hmm. off and did his thing, and Tony Stark did his nanotech and everything. But his one of his worst fears mm-hmm. was that that tech would go off into the wrong hands. It would make sense that Rhodey, still working for the government and being a military guy, would be the guy that would be hunting down rogue nations that might actually either get their hands on Tony Stark tech or be trying to copy it, a la nuclear deterrent, if you will. So mm-hmm. I think there's interesting ways. But, man, does that have the dumbest name I've ever heard? <laughs> In Armor Wars, it's just a stupid name. It just sounds so bad. (laughs) So, um, I'm just going to jump in right here, guys, and say that 12 year old me would have been super fired up about Armor Wars, and 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 that's probably who it's aimed at, right? Like, let's not get ourselves who the core audience is for this. And and 12 year old me would have eaten up Armor Armor Wars. 
Mm. Add 12 year old mentally people. So, <laughs> <laughs> war. Armor Wars! Armor Wars! <laughs> so, all, all right. Wait, somebody um, check on Bob Chipman, right? <laughs> so hopefully I didn't drive you guys crazy with that. But yeah, those no, are the ones that, that I... was That was a really good breakdown. You, you, you set the table right. And um, yeah, uh, Paul, if you, if you have anything to say, let's hear. I know that you're anticipating Moon Knight to some degree. Also, I'd like to know what you thought about uh, the trailers, um, if you've had a chance to see them. Yeah, so... Um... Okay, so we'll start with Moon Knight. There wasn't a whole lot about Moon Knight, but I did see, I did catch that someone said that they were going for an Indiana Jones tone uh, for yeah. Moon Knight. And, um, I'm not sure how to take that. I mean, I'm very no, interested. No, let, let, let me, let me, let me, let me just try to jump in. Just, just, uh, I apologize. Now, I think that what they mean by the Indiana Jones tone is this: is that Moon Knight is actually a uh, an Egyptian. I mean, the the superpowers come from, you know. The, yeah. From Egyptology, from that realm of myth. So right. it could be that the character is an Indiana Jones-esque type of adventurer, and then that's how he discovers the the uh, the the superpowers. So there's going to be a bit of like that adventure kind of feel to it, and then discovering a power, and then wherever they go from there. So I think that it might not exactly be tone in terms of like there's a bit of. A, a, a bit of camp, but in a cool way to Indian Jones, it might not be that. It might just be that it's an adventure series, which I think is gonna be difficult for for DC because Doctor Fate is supposed to be that sort of story with uh, Egyptology and and that sort of thing. So it's just another case of Marvel get into the get into the punch before dc once again um it's gonna be interesting to see itself play out but go ahead well no I, th I think that's one way of looking at it i mean i think the idea that it's you know it's because of the archaeology that there's a link to Indiana jones but i'm also concerned that with disney there's sort of a um a choreographed physical comedy to to their adventure movies like you look at indiana jones lucasfilm you look at pirates of the caribbean with johnny depp there's um there's sort of a sarcastic humor from the lead. Mm -hmm. And then there's also that sort of physical, almost dance choreograph um, with acrobatics in their, in their mm -hmm. fight mm -hmm. scenes. And you see it in Indiana Jones too. Like there's almost that physical slapstick, like um, a little comedy. bit Charlie Chaplin, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of that kind of yeah. stuff. Right. And, and I hope to God that's not where they're going, but that's how I interpreted this. When they said Indiana Jones feel, I, I pictured that kind of um, sort of witty sarcasm, mixed with sort of like choreographed physical comedy and and I, i'm okay with that with indiana jones i enjoy it because that's what i go in expecting from indiana jones and i'm okay with that with pirates of the caribbean because i'm expecting a flamboyant uh comedic um johnny depp kind of comedy with uh or, or action adventure comedy with that choreographed kind of uh, action but that's not what I was hoping for for Moon Knight. So I hope to God that's not what they're doing. Um, because this the subject matter interests me. I like the Egyptology. Um, and I like the, the the idea that they might be going somewhere darker and more serious with Marvel. So if they rein it in and try and give it that four-quadrant uh, family fun feel with the Pirates of the Caribbean, Indiana Jones tone, that's not so much for me. So so time will tell. I'm still... Uh, Still going to reserve judgment on that one, but I, I, um, that that comment concerns me a little, even though I'm actually a, a, quite a fan of Indiana Jones. Um, otherwise, trailers. Um, Loki, uh, I mean, I don't care about this character. I, I don't know um, 
you know, I don't, I don't even know where the MCU ended because they didn't see the last three movies. Uh, so I, I don't even think I knew that Loki was dead unless he, I can't remember if he died in infinity war or not, but I didn't really pay attention to infinity war. I kind of had a hard time finishing that one. Um, I watched the trailer. There are elements of it where I say, boy, this looks really cinematic. Uh, and then it kind of oscillates between looking really cinematic and looking like made for TV quality, like sitcom kind of crap. So it's more of, I mean, that's the Marvel formula. It works for a large segment of the audience. Um, it's not for me. I, I don't see, I don't see anything in that trailer that makes me think this is for me. So I'll pass on that one. Um, WandaVision. I keep hearing that people are excited for this. I know Christian's excited for it. I don't understand how anyone in their right mind is excited for this. I see um, now Christian, Christian <laughs> granted. I, I, and, and that's, that's, I muted myself that, on purpose. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. sorry. That's, that's not a comment on your mental state, Christian. Sorry. Um, it's, it's, like, like, I see this shit at the Disney parks, right? Because I, I, I do frequent the Disney parks and, and I do love them. But I, there's this whole like 50s diner, American nostalgia crowd that still loves like Leave it to Beaver and the Brady Bunch and that shit. Uh, I didn't like that shit when I was a kid. I sure as hell don't like it now. Um, and it's and I get, Christian, that there's there's something deeper going on here. Like, like Wanda's having a, a breakdown and she's her reality is going a little wacky on her. But they're I certainly obviously, hope so. I got to tell you, yeah. I hope so. Because <laughs> they're using this as an excuse to intertwine 50s nostalgia and Americana. And maybe that's big in America because Americans seem to love Americana. I'm not convinced the rest of the world likes Americana. I sure as hell don't care about Americana. And 50s nostalgia does nothing for me. I mean, I'm older than, than a lot of people that, that are into this subject matter. But, I mean, the 50s mean nothing to me. I was born in the 70s. I, I couldn't give a shit about the 50s. So... I, I, this just does nothing for me. I don't care about Wanda. I don't care about Vision. I don't. I don't care about nostalgia, and I don't care about Americana. So, what am I getting out of this? And the, I think to me the answer is nothing. Um, I missed the Falcon Winter Soldier uh, trailer. Um, Anthony Mackie just turns me off ever since his comments about Man of Steel and Collider. I just I, I can't take him. Uh, he killed um, Altered Carbon for me, and, uh, and and I have no interest in this. And uh, lastly, the what if, uh, the what if shit I, is like, that's a nerd level that I can't go to. I didn't go there as a kid. I didn't like the what if stuff. That was too nerdy for me. Even when I was, even when I was even 12 year old me thought what if scenarios were too nerdy. Uh, 40 something year old me also finds that this is way too nerdy. Some of them but, are out there, bro. Well, oh yeah. And, but but to, 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 um, to counter that. The animation looked really good, and it looked like they might actually go a little more serious in the animation than they do in the movies. And even though I don't know what's going on or care about these characters, I saw little clips in there that said, you know what, this this actually looks pretty good. Uh, so I don't know if I'd watch it, but it, I guess, pleasantly surprised me because my expectations were so rock bottom, and I actually really liked what they were doing with the animation. And the tone of it, at least at first glance, looked pretty good to me. So um, that's that's where I'll leave my... My Marvel review, I know there was a lot of other stuff going on in there, and, and to be quite honest, it, it feels like a, a quantity dump over quality, but um, I mean, it's a different demographic, right? Like, my daughter's nine, she goes to school, and she tells me that all the little boys at school love Marvel, uh, so I mean, it's obviously alive and well, and those kids in that, like, nine-year-old to 12-year-old, probably, probably I would say six to 13, uh, just just devour this shit, right? And they've got the time to do it, and they're spending their parents' money to do it, and their parents want to enjoy the time with their kids, right? I mean, I'm in that situation with my daughter where you want access to my money? Find me something that I can spend my money on that my daughter and I can enjoy together. And thankfully, Disney has a lot of stuff outside of MCU that we can go enjoy as a family, 
And that's how you access my money, right? So for people that like the MCU, it's going to get their money. It's going to get their time. Fathers will sit down with their sons and watch this crap. Um, okay, great. Good for them, right? I'm happy that they enjoy it. It's just not for me. I'll stick to my uh, my Disney princess fare. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will leave it at that. <laughs> my, my- my my kids are gonna be so mad at me because I'm gonna be the parent where like all their mates and you know at school are like oh you know did you see the new like Disney like Marvel thing and they're like oh, my dad didn't let us watch it <laughs> like they're gonna be they're gonna grow up hating me so much but I assure you that when they get older they'll thank me for it because that's the exact same thing that my dad did and I thank him for it um I I, I know that there is a lot of other content out there that kids and their parents can consume that are not Disney. And to me, Disney, just with how you know ubiquitous it is, it just comes off as way too populist and just way too too common. And you know, for me, at least for me, I feel like kids should grow up with a sense of of, of individuality. And you know, people should you know try to to be different from others but that's just that's just a personal thing so i'm just i'm just getting ready for my kids to hate me for a little while i'll just they'll be fine <laughs> they'll be fine don't call child services on me <laughs> all right so let me react a little bit to this um i'll start with the trailers um to keep it all the way 100 i'm not the biggest marvel fan but i really enjoyed these trailers like i was so impressed by the quality and it's not even like the quality is like some super um, epic, cinematic, auteur, like artistic thing. But you can't deny that the quality does match up with the Marvel movies on, on screen, which, which are big blockbuster movies, even though they have been criticized for not being the most cinematic or dynamic or artistically, visually interesting. Um, you can see that they have spent money on all of these. It's not a downgrade in any way, in any shape or any form. And you're going to be getting a ton more hours for, for these series than you do for movies. So that in itself is very impressive. And the reason why I'm happy about that is because these series are going to put pressure on other um, streaming services and content creators to make amazing series. So, for example, with uh, HBO Max, they've announced that they're going to have a Green Lanterns series coming up. And it's a show run by, you know, Greg Berlanti. And, you know, a lot of the people who were involved in things that happened on the CW and that was a disappointment to all of us because we know the quality on the CW has just been absolutely terrible <laughs> but with the stuff that the MCU is putting out on Disney Plus it's raised the bar they cannot bring CW level quality to HBO Max they can't even bring anything that's near CW quality level like they have to make something that is 100% cinematic the bar has been set and I appreciate Disney Plus for that, even though I don't necessarily appreciate the series. Now, in terms of each one of them, um, the Winter Soldier and Falcon, I flipped that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was impressed by the action 
that I saw in it. Um, and and the, the, the scale of the action, as a matter of fact, was quite impressive, was quite interesting. Um, the whole buddy, buddy cop thing, the whole annoying humor that comes from Falcon, I'm not too, too, too keen on that. It's always been grating, infuriating, annoying, aggravating to me. So that's not something I'm looking forward to. I might pretty much miss that, except if people whose tastes I trust tell me it's a must watch. Um, and I, I know that there's supposed to be this transition from him being Falcon to him being more Captain America. And I'd expect him to carry himself with more authority, showing more experience in his years and being more of a leader. But he still seems to be doing the whole sidekick gig. So that was a that that struck me as a little bit disappointing and showing a lack of growth of the character. There um, is a rumor that old Steve is going to appear at some point and Bucky like together are going to be pushing him. But that's a rumor at this point. I'm just going to throw that out there that it is possible, but we don't know. I I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I don't, I think that Chris Evans and uh, Robert Downey Jr. may be done with the roles, but I don't think that they're done in terms of um, not coming back for, for very strategic important cameos i think they'll always support Mm -hmm. and and that and that's lovely that's lovely um i think that they can they can still move on in their careers but pop up from time to time just to support um sorry to interrupt i didn't mean to no 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 oh no perfectly fine that was that that was a that's a really interesting piece of information uh wandavision is the one that i'm very interested in and i might actually watch it reminds me of what hbo just did with Watchmen in terms of something that's very trippy, something that is just operating on so many different levels, throws you off balance. You're not sure what you're seeing. It's quite interesting and adventurous. Um, the only difference is obviously Watchmen was made by HBO. And I mean, they freaking had um, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, mm-hmm. but as naked in there. They had <laughs> people exploding blood and gore, you know, that sort of thing. So Disney's not going to be able to go there, quote unquote. And <laughs> no matter no matter how how adventurous and how how um, avant garde the series is, that's always in for me at least always gonna gonna hold it back. It's always gonna be that that thought in the back of my mind, like man, they could have pushed it further and just you know gone all out. Um, but I am interested in that one. That one looks good. The Loki one, I think it's really interesting for fans of Loki. It seems like time travel, space hopping. Um, I think that that's like something really, really, really cool. And it's interesting that these series are seem, apart from the Winter Soldier, which just seems standard, Loki and WandaVision seem like the type of content that people have been uh, pushing for, for Marvel to try, to be more adventurous, to be less generic and less formulaic in their in their in their structure so it's interesting to see them at least try a little bit to be a little bit different from what they've been doing but as i said because it's disney i don't know how far they can they can push that also the characters still seem to be you know formulaic in the way they they represent themselves deliver their lines that sort of thing which you know could be seen as comfort food for some and uh for others it could be seen as not not trying hard enough but um those those are the only things that interest me in this whole thing um nothing else interests me uh we'll see what happens as as we go along so um may i make a 
a quick comment before we before you move on. I just want to say, and I'll very brief. You guys know how I feel about this group. I was really disappointed that we got nothing from the X Men. <laughs> so that's my that's I just wanted to throw it out there. I know we're still living, you know, in a world where Hugh Jackman is Wolverine and Deadpool was awesome, but. Eh, I just wanted to. I was hoping for some kind of announcement. Anyway, that's my. I'm not saying anything else. I, I mean, we 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 did. We now we'll pivot to to uh, the movies. Oh yeah. And um, Black Panther two was was uh, announced. It's been moved for to July 2022. Um, most notably, Chadwick Boseman will not be replaced as T'Challa. So I wonder what they're going to do, mm. if they're going to lean into uh, the female Black Panther, if they're going to... Um, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be interesting. But they're, they're, it is it is a, a very big, bold world, and there have been... Uh, Focus on different characters in that world. So there is quite a lot they can do. It's just it's unfortunate that we didn't get to spend time with Chadwick Boseman's uh, T'Challa. Mm -hmm. Then um, third Ant-Man film is coming. And if you thought that Armor Wars was a bad name, well, <laughs> this one is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have, you know, a lot of your stars. Okay. Returning that one's got to be designed to go for a theme park ride, right? Like within the next five years, you're going to see something called Quantum Mania in the theme parks, guaranteed. It's, it sounds like some, some like bootleg. At the Avengers Campus at Disneyland, there's going to be a Quantum Mania food court where you can go get like an <laughs> or something, right? Sounds horrible. Um, then uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, Will tie into WandaVision and the third Spider-Man movie. It's that was that was confirmed. And then a new Fantastic Four movie is coming from the director of um, the Spider-Man uh, MCU movies, John Watts. Um, I finally learned his name. Since <laughs> pretty much a generic director. Um, he's just generic in every way. Who's the guy that did the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man? Is that Webb? Yes, Mark Webb. Yeah, I get Webb and Watts mixed up. So it's Watts is doing this one, not Webb? Mm-hmm. Watts. Uh, it's disappointing. <laughs> I was hoping, for, I was hoping <laughs> for the other guy. I was hoping for Webb. Ge uh. Generic director number 56. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, I, I don't think there's anything major to react to any of these. Um, and as more news comes out about them, we'll cover them. So let's move on to uh, the second section of our discussion. And this is, is, a, is a big one. Huge uh, heavy hitter brand uh, coming from the Lucasfilm division of uh, Disney. Um, Mr. Lucas has expressed um, some regrets in selling uh, Lucasfilm, but at the same time expressed the inevitability of it in terms of where he saw himself in his in his life uh, trajectory at this point. He is happy he sold he wanted to sell but he seems not to be too happy that he hasn't been able to to have as much influence as he's wanted to it seems like disney has kind of relegated him to the status of a of a mascot of a co-signer of things a marketing tool um but hey he is getting paid i'm telling you so um, as much as uh, he he's shedding tears he's wiping them with dollar dollar bills okay so disney announced about 10 um star wars series um and uh wow 
yeah. let's let's talk about wow. it. Wow. So, <laughs> um, there's gonna be a spin-off of the Mandalorian, uh, Rangers of the New Republic, um, and Ahsoka. Okay. Um, then there's gonna be Star Wars: The Bad Batch which is an animated series about the Bad Batch of Clones, if you remember those, those guys from the Clone Wars. Then there's going to be Star Wars Andor, uh, starring uh, Andor from uh, Rogue One. If you remember, that was uh, Diego Luna's character. That one's coming in 2022. There's going to be The Acolyte. Um, it's going to be helmed by... Uh, the creative Russian Doll. If you've ever seen Russian Doll on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a dope show. And if you haven't, it's a must see. There's only been one series. I'm waiting so 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 much for the second series. Um, and it's it's set in the era of the High Republic. Then um, Obi Wan Kenobi finally finally on its way. But the big news about it is that Darth Vader is going to feature as the main antagonist to the titular character, Obi-Wan, and the role is going to be reprised by Hayden Christensen. Um, then a droid story. Um, it's going to be a new a new project, w- which will feature um, a new hero alongside R2, D2, and uh, C-3PO. Then uh, Star Wars Lando. Uh, it's going to be... Um, they, they call it an event series, so that they're trying to push it. It's going to be like big budget, snazzy, and obviously um, it's going to uh, uh, be one that, that people are really uh, anticipating um, with uh, Childish Gambino um, reprising the role. Then um, Star Wars Visions is going to be an anime anthology series. Now, I'm not sure what they mean by anime, um, it's going to be animation. I'm not sure whether it's going to be like Japanese style anime or if it's going to be um, hand drawn animation or or what. I, I think it's Japanese style anime, from what that's, I saw. Yeah, I've been reading the same thing. That that's what they were going for. Yeah. Okay, that's that's quite interesting because Disney has never done that, as far as I know. That's new territory for them. They have a house style for for animation and even for um, for cgi um animation and this will be this will be a, a a departure wb warner brothers tends to do tends to delve into you know those kind of like uh different animation styles so this will be interesting to see so those are the upcoming uh series we'll talk about movies next but before we go on to star wars movies i want to hear what really interests you guys and um your reaction to to this it's 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 a lot to take in, and we'll hand it over to our Star Wars expert, and that will be Paul. Christian is also a Star Wars expert. I was going to say, comes to... Christian has got more uh, more Star Wars knowledge than I do. He puts me to shame, but uh, I'll start uh, off and let uh, let Christian bring it home. Um, I mean, head, headline uh, headline attraction for me is obviously the return of Hayden Christensen. As you guys know, uh, Darth, Darth, Darth Vader is the... Uh, I mean, he's Star Wars to me, right? Um, gr- growing up, he was my favorite character, probably in any franchise. Um, so, uh, you know, to have Christian Hadenson reprise his role, especially after the shit he took, um, and, and I think perhaps unfairly because he's been pretty good in some of the other things I've seen him in. Uh, 
you know, and I don't, I don't dislike the prequels. I see them as great uh, live-action cartoons. Uh, they're not the dialogue's not great. I don't blame Christensen for that. I mean, he's a kid uh, working with George Lucas. He's not going to be rewriting his lines on set. You know, like he's he's doing what he's told and trying to do the best he can, um, at least at the time. So I, I hope he gets a chance to redeem himself. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this works because I mean, this is. Uh, after he's become Darth Vader, after he's been burnt. So you're not going to get, uh, presumably, you're not going to get a lot of him without the mask unless you're getting flashbacks, which I guess is possible. Um, but this this takes my excitement level for Obi-Wan um, up, like, from a from a four to, like, a nine. Because um, I, I just, I didn't care. I mean, I like Ewan McGregor. I like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. I really like the relationship that... Um, he built up with uh, with Anakin throughout the Clone Wars animated series, but I am so tired of Disney filler. And Obi Wan the series felt to me like Disney filler, without direction. Just saying, oh, people like Obi Wan. Oh, people like the original trilogy time frame. Let's figure something out. And and maybe that's what they've done here. But figuring it out with Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader and potentially a conflict between Vader and Obi-Wan, and somehow hopefully creatively fitting that into the storyline without contradicting anything that's come before. And I'm sure they can do that um, if they're if they're careful about looking at the, the existing lore. Uh, that makes this series significantly more interesting to me. So uh, as I say, uh, it takes my excitement level from more blah filler up to I can't wait for this to come out. So uh, that one really excites me. Um, staying on the Clone Wars topic, uh, I loved Ahsoka's arc in the original Clone Wars. I wasn't as big a fan of what Disney's done with the most recent season of Clone Wars, although the last four episodes were good. The Rebels series felt like more filler to me, and I didn't love a lot of what they did even when it wasn't filler. Um, so I haven't really enjoyed um, Disney animation since they've taken over from Lucasfilm. I know even though it's still Lucasfilm, I, since Disney's gotten their hands in it, um, I haven't enjoyed it as much. And I'm a little bit lukewarm on the Rosario Dawson Ahsoka appearance. I know everyone thinks it's great. Uh, I felt a little cosplay to me. But what it did remind me is how much I love Jedi and Sith in Star Wars and how much I dislike Star Wars um, when they're wasting my time with side characters I don't care about uh, without any attachment to Jedi and Sith. So um, I'm excited about the potential for this one. I'm also concerned by it. So those are the two headliners that really excite me. Um, now, we're staying away from movies right now. We're talking specifically about series. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, we're just okay. doing series. So, Andor, I don't really care about. Might surprise me. I'll, I'll check it out. I don't care. Uh, Lando, I like Lando in small doses. Um, I like him sort of as that uh, <laughs> as that swarthy, like the the smooth pimp, the smooth pimp who loves the ladies in small doses, right? I I don't want a whole series on getting to know uh, Lando, and I don't care about this whole pansexual tangent they tried to take him down. If that's what they were trying to do. Um, so every time, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> give me the Colt forty-five Billy D. Williams Lando in, in small doses, and that's the uh, that's the Lando I like. I I don't think this is going to be that Lando though. So, uh, yeah. And uh, this this uh, what's the other one that's tied to Mandalorian? Like something Squadron or not? No, not Rogue Squadron. Uh, Rangers, Rangers or Power Rangers or whatever. Yeah, what is it? Oh, whatever. Cheese, cringe. Just I, I'm cringing on my seat just hearing about it. Um, the acolyte. Could be good, but it's a, it sounds it sounds like the kind of thing I'd like. But it's a spinoff from a YA series, uh, The High Republic, which I believe is going to be young adult aimed. And from the little bit I saw, the writers' room on High Republic saw their whiteboard, saw the people putting it together. I'm pretty sure this is not made for me, so I'm, I'm my my excitement's tempered by that. Um, yeah, and the anime series, hey, I'll check it out. It probably it's probably cool, but probably nothing I'm 
going to love in the end, right? It seems like one of those things where I'll be excited about watching it, and there'll be like two out of eight or two out of ten episodes I think are kind of cool, and the rest I feel waste my time, right? It's That's kind of the pattern with Disney Star Wars too, right? Like I get... 20% of what I see I like, and the other 80% I'm wasting my time waiting for something I'm hoping that I'll like. So I will leave it at that and pass it on to Christian. Yeah, Paul Paul brings up a couple of good points. There's, um, you know, Star Wars has become so divisive, and of course it was divisive even before. Poor Lucas, Lupe started by talking about him. The fans have been treating him like garbage since back in the prequel days. I mean, it's just they said he raped their childhood and all this kind of stuff. I mean, they treated Lucas like shit for such a long time. Uh, and him getting out, was probably best but now you know sometimes you have buyers or sellers remorse and i'm sure he has ideas in his head he's a constant tinkerer goes back and tinkers with everything so i'm sure he's looking at stuff and saying well i would have done this i wanted to do this so one thing i will say is i'm happy that it seems like favreau and filoni have at least bought him into the fold from the standpoint of speaking with him and wanting to hear his ideas and his thoughts doesn't mean he's an official consultant but it's great to have him and it's great to know that his brain is still around um with something that was his baby i don't always agree with everything that lucas did with his own creation but it's his creation um and that's one of the things that you know i'm really appreciative that filoni and favreau seem to be going in that direction and paul mentioned there's a lot of stuff that we can disagree on. I like the clones in the Clone Wars. He doesn't. You know, there's certain things like that. But one of the things that all Star Wars fans seems to agree on is Sith versus Jedi. We all seem to love it. We love the Force. Even it's a little scientific, but there's the mysticism to the Force. Darth Vader is amazing. We want more Vader. Rogue One was a fantastic movie. But as soon as we got the Rogue One, the Darth Vader scenes, everybody in my theater was like, holy shit! So it's just, everybody melted down because we love Vader. So... I will say, I think my top two right now are Ahsoka. Give me Ahsoka. I love that character. I loved her in Rebels as well. I know Paul and I differ on that, but I loved the, the little moments that we got with her when she was in the Jedi Temple. There's all kinds of stuff that we can go into that we don't need no, to. Christian, in fairness, I, I, the only parts of Rebels I liked were when Ahsoka and Vader were in them. So the second it. half the second half of season two I liked. Uh, other than that, I thought Rebels was a waste of my time for the most part. But that was that was really good, actually, and I, and I should have given that credit. The second half of season two was excellent. She She's, she's an amazing character, and she has been. And, I, and, I, and you know that. Brandon and I have told you that we believe the third and fourth season of Rebels are worth your time, but we can't force you to watch it um, if you're not into it. But uh, it, it's really that character. And yes, I agree there was a little bit of cosplay going on, but Rosario Dawson is such a great presence. Uh, she cares about it. She seems to love being a part of this. And yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to that. I'm the same on Rangers of the New Republic. I don't know what the hell we're getting with that, so I'm just not even going to bother talking about it. I don't want to talk about it droid story i'm not into it i'm not really interested in it at all lando yeah i, I want to hear more about it before i say whether or not i'm into it i am into the casio andor show though i am into the diego luna show because i loved rogue one and i want to see more about that almost terrorist side of the rebel alliance that had to do things that were very questionable. And we saw that at the beginning of Rogue One when Andor had to kill a guy because he would have most likely given away his secrets to the Empire. And he had to make that decision. And I really want to see more of that. And that that's a side. We always saw the Rebels as these wonderful people. They're fighting the Empire. They had to do some dirty shit in order to do what they needed to do. So yeah, I do want to see that. Um, the Bad Batch, I'm on the fence about. I'm not sure. I, I like Filoni, and I like what he wants to do with it. The final season of Clone Wars, especially the last four episodes, were really good. The four episodes with The Bad Batch I found to be entertaining, but were they entertaining enough for an entire show? 
Eh, that's up in the air. One of those things I'd like to see more about. So I'll end it with that. Um, oh, and I will say uh, I'm peaked. My interest is, is peaked with the Acolyte show that's set in the High Republic era because they have said it's about the dark side starting to break into what was supposed to be the Jedi's height of their powers. Um, so I am at least my my interest is peaked in that. And they I think they have the right people behind the scenes to make that work. Let's give it a shot, though. I don't know enough about it. So the, the concept sounds good there. I'm just worried about the execution because yeah, it's, not, because it's a spinoff from a YA um, targeted yeah, segment yeah. of the universe, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So they, those are the series, Lupe, if you want to launch into the movies. But yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for me, the only one that I was interested in was the Acolytes. But hearing um, Paul's further <laughs> breakdown of it and how it's YA um, targeted and the writers have like, you know, experience in the realm of like YA and those kind of soapy, sappy. Um, There's a lot of feelings and a lot of hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, not a lot of inclusivity and, and warmth and uh, and hugs. <laughs> yeah, count count my my hype down because um, one thing that a lot of us have always wanted to see, as as Paul said, Star Wars. The reason why we really love Star Wars, I mean, there's this entire beautiful, amazing world around with creatures and different races and stories going on, but it's Jedi versus Sith at the end of the day. Yeah. That's the, the, the those are the things that get us hype, and we've had a lot of stories about Jedi. Now we want stories about Sith. And the sad thing is that because Disney, I don't think they can take it. That because if you're going to tell a good Sith story, you're really going to have to go to dark places. You're going to have to tell stories that, you know, present questionable morality. Okay. Um, and, and just have an edge and a savagery to them that I don't think Disney is just able to go, you know. Um, so I was, I was actually quite looking forward to that one thinking it would be a dark horse no pun intended um but my my expectation has been tempered so with that being said none of these none not a single one of these interests me to be sincere um you guys know my stance i think that star wars is the most overrated franchise in the entire universe blasphemy uh, no sorry yeah <laughs> but I, I do think that with what disney is doing now they may be making it meet that expectation um however as i said a lot of these plays are just like nostalgia plays for example like the obi-wan i love you mcgregor in the role but as paul said i just don't see a really real rich story it's you know going back you know instead of going forward or really going where no one has gone before um and even with the hayden christensen being put in it it's a very nice uh ode to the character you know he took a lot a lot of hell from horrible star wars fans the most toxic people on the planet we the suck, most toxic bro. that's where the, that's where the hype is real when you talk of toxic fandom Dude, we they, suck. They, we're, we're terrible star wars fans you, are awful. Can't, you cannot play with them um, <laughs> and uh, Hayden Christensen, he took a lot of hell. And I think after years, after people calmed down, then people began to appreciate him, that they, they came to their senses. And I think that this is sort of a way of of um, helping him redeem himself, right? Uh, yeah. Even though, like, yeah. to be sincere, Return of the Sith, um, Revenge of the Sith, sorry, is one of the best Star Wars movies ever. Sorry to anybody who disagrees. You can't you can be wrong. Like, that... 
just that story is epic. I know he's, he's acting questionable in some parts or whatever. Oh, but yeah. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed his fury and his rage and, and his turn. Um, so that's pretty much all I have to say. The only thing I'll say about the whole them leaning into Star Wars this much, and this is just, this is such a huge, a huge dump of content, is that it puts pressure on other streamers to also exploit their own IP to the maximum. And I've been bothering Jason Kylar on um, on Twitter. I was sending him <laughs> I was sending him messages telling him that he has to to open up the the Matrix universe, which <laughs> is franchise, just like um, just like Disney has done. With this, with the Star Wars franchise, so that's that's the thing that I respect the way they've leaned into it, the way they're really opening it up, and the way they're really maximizing its potential. Um, that's one thing you always got to give Disney credit for. They will never see an asset and let it lay dormant or or dry. And other companies that have had powerful IP have done that for too long. For example, IP like you know Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and and things like Lord of the Rings, and even things like Harry Potter, and you know, even even DC is an okay state right now. But Disney's showing how you really just really lean into what you have, and you really flex. And I got to give him credit for that. And it's going to put pressure on other people, and that means that we're just going to get you know more more content of the things that we love. And you can pick and choose whatever you love. And, and, you know, us will be all better for the customers. Now, going on to the movies. So if you thought that that was a lot, Star Wars movies are also coming. <laughs> and uh, some heavy hitters were, were mentioned. There is a, an untitled Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. This one we've known about, um, but, you know, they re reiterated that it's still in development. And then the big one is that um, Patty Jenkins is going to be directing the next Star Wars movie. And it's called Rogue Squadron. And it's going to be out in uh, December 2023. Um, what do you guys think about uh, Star Wars movies coming forward? They didn't mention too many. Um, they didn't... I mean, I'm not sure what Taika Waititi is doing. Mm. But... Um, what do you guys think of of where the the place the Star Wars movies are at, especially after the new uh, trilogy? And what do you think of Patty Jenkins and Rose? So we'll start with Christian. I, I think it's interesting that, and I won't go down too deep in a rabbit hole. I think it's interesting that they've realized how divisive the sequel trilogy is at least it seems that way because there was a Rian Johnson trilogy that was mentioned. Um, they had talked about a Kevin Feige movie that was coming out, a bunch of other things, and they didn't double down on that shit this time. They said, you know what, this is what we have right now. They're not going into the Ray Poe Finn. They're not doing any of that. I I think it's a very measured response in terms of the theatrical slate. Forget the, the streaming slate. We just said it's out of control. They went crazy. And they've said this will be the home of Star Wars now, you know, streaming services and everything. Okay. But theatrically, they haven't given up on it. But it's just interesting to me that they seem to have recognized it. I may love the sequel trilogy. Brandon and Paul don't. 
Um, you know, and that's Star Wars fans. As I know, we're all divisive. I get that, but that's Star Wars fans right now. We can't I, agree. I, I want to correct that, Christian. I, I actually love the Rise of Skywalker, and I think the Force oh, Awakens right. wasn't yeah, bad. So, so it's 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 one and a half out of three for me on sequel trilogy. And see, I think it's interesting that they recognize that that you got people that hated it, you got people that are in between on it, you got people that mean that liked it, but they didn't like. Unlike Empire Strikes Back, which we all come together and say we love, we didn't have that moment in the sequel trilogy where everybody came together and said, "That's my moment, that's my movie." So, Rogue Squadron is definitely an interesting take. That's a different way to go. Uh, that's Luke's X-wing squad uh, before he became a Jedi Knight, and then after he became a Jedi Knight. After a whole lot of shit happens, you guys don't need to know it. It goes back to Wedge, who is an old school character. So it leans into some nostalgia, uh, leads into some adventure. Rogue Squadron is one of the best video games in the franchise. There's all kinds of stories in the extended universe. They can really ride this if they wanted to. I think it's a safe thing to do. Patty Jenkins is probably a good choice because it'll be adventurous. It'll probably have a lot of battles. It'll have dogfights, all that kind of stuff out in space. Doesn't mean they're going to go crazy and ask a lot of deep questions. But, hey, at the end of the day, that's kind of what Star Wars is. It's space opera-ish fun, you know? So it's space wizards, you know, battling each other. Sometimes I think we put it on a pedestal that doesn't need to be. So I have no clue, by the way, before I throw it to Paul, what take it with you. I no idea. So I, I don't even know what to say, dude. <laughs> like I, I don't even know what to say with that. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know where to go. I'll, I'll, I'll start with Taika. The logo is enough. Taika can take his Star Wars and shove it. I do not want that. <laughs> if, if you haven't seen the logo, look up the logo. It's enough to make me not want to watch it. Screw, <laughs> screw that. Um, and uh, and Patty Jenkins, I, you know, I I think she's actually a good fit. I, I don't I don't love her for DC. Um, at least based on you know what we're seeing from the trailers of Wonder Woman eighty four and and elements of the first Wonder Woman uh, because she. She clearly admires the Donner style of filmmaking. Um, she's referenced her love for Indiana Jones, um, and as I say, I like Indiana Jones, but I don't want that. I don't want that lightheartedness, that four quadrant appeal, the right. sense of fun and and comedy and romance and adventure. I don't want that in my DC movie, but I do want that in my Indiana Jones movie. Um, and I think it fits Star Wars better than it does DC. So if you like our DC stuff, I think our Star Wars stuff could potentially be even better. Uh, what they're going to do with Rogue Squadron, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm as you know, as we've said before, I'm sick of them trying to mine stories uh, in the gaps in the original trilogy, and that's seemingly what this is. Um, but I have faith that that she believes in the story she's chosen. I mean, if you watch her little uh, featurette she did about her motivation for this, yeah. Uh, this was tied to her wanting to tell the story of her father, who was a, a pilot of an F-4 Phantom and died in service, and um, and she's been looking for a, a story to tell. A fighter pilot's never been able to find it, and now she's she feels that she's you know found a way to tell that story mixed with Star Wars. So uh, I think I like that, um, and and I think if she has that, if that's a you know she has a genuine sense of conviction that that this is a story, this is a story she's been waiting to tell. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to check that out. I'm going to be excited to see that. I, um, as I say though, I just don't know. I guess you know, in my best case scenario, it features Luke. Uh, yeah. Either, and yeah. maybe that's maybe that's the Sebastian Stan. I mean, because we've seen the 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 side by side of Sebastian Stan and young Luke, <laughs> uh, young Mark Hamill. Yeah. I mean, that's a fan casting kind of thing, but it it would make some sense. Um, and Disney does listen to their customers, so. You know, hey, if they're going to tell a young Luke Skywalker story in in Rogue Squadron, I'm I'm for that. That sounds cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah so so that's that, and uh, and then I guess that was it, right? I mean, that's really yep. all they announced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, and, that's, and I, that's all there is to and, it. And the biggest win is no Ryan Johnson news. 
That no news is good. <laughs> Brian Johnson, right? Take his round head and shots fired. Get it, get it out of Star Wars, man. It's snark. Pow, pow. Um, personally, for me, um, you know, I mean, I don't mean to be, you know, uh, uh, an echo of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the most overrated franchise ever, and I mean, Patty Jenkins is a good fit. I think visually, she's a very very good director in terms of her her tastes. In in uh, visual uh, imagery um, quality, not necessarily iconic imagery, but just the quality tone, the way she colors her mm-hmm. movies in a very artistic way. However, I think that she's uh, her her style of storytelling is too moralizing, too basic panders a lot i think it will appeal to young people and young at heart people but people with a bit more world experience people who want something a bit more complex people who um are critical and individual thinkers um might not be fans of of her style it's a little bit too brutish Lacks grace, it's a little bit too overt, lacks intellectuality, doesn't challenge. Uh, like when I watch things by people like Patty Jenkins, it's an echo chamber of things I already know. I was raised right, I was taught right from wrong. Um, I need movies that challenge what I already know or add layers of complexity to all those lessons that I learned as a child. Um, and uh, her content seems to be way too basic for um for me as an adult and in my opinion even for young adults coming up but it fits perfectly with disney it fits perfectly with a a vastly overrated franchise like star wars and she's a great saleswoman a great politician so there's going to be a lot of hype around this there's going to be a lot of excitement she's going to inextricably link it to things they're going to tug at your heartstrings and make you you know root for it but um for me i'm just i'm not a fan it doesn't move me even one single bit so there's my positivity for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talked about Marvel and we talked about Star Wars. And wow, what a journey. Got to give credit to to Disney for doing what it is that they do and doing it to, to, to the fullest. Um, and we're going to pivot into their pixar disney animation live action stuff um they're bringing 15 uh creations to disney plus and they're also bringing um 15 creations to to cinemas and and theaters so this is this is going to be interesting and then at the tail end we're going to have some miscellaneous stuff to talk about so um yeah strap in for the tail end of this ride. All right, so in Disney Animation and Pixar, they have a lot of projects in work, including Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, we already saw a trailer for that. That's coming very soon, March of next year. We got Baymax, and obviously Baymax from uh, the world of Big Hero 6. That was actually a really cool um, animation. Uh, it's a series on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be arriving in 2022. Then... <laughs> More stuff on Zootopia. This is Zootopia Plus. Um, very, very innovative. Um, <laughs> very innovative title. Zootopia Plus on Disney Plus. Coming from, uh, uh, from 
I can't see with a straight face. I swear, I cannot. I cannot see with a straight face. <laughs> I don't mean, this is this is hurting you, isn't it, Lupe? Yeah, this is painting. <laughs> you, you, you want me to take over? This is my niche. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Yeah, please, Christian, just go yeah, ahead. Paul, Paul, other, Paul, Christian, Paul, other Christian, other Christian. <laughs> See yeah, how upset he is? Paul, he's all Paul, messed Paul, up, man. <laughs> all right. Okay, so, okay, so I'll I'll, I'll spare you, Lupe. This is this. I can tell how much this is causing you pain. Uh, all right. So. As you mentioned, Disney Live Action, uh, Disney Animation, and Pixar are going to combine over the next decade to bring 15 series and 15 feature films direct to Disney+. Plus. So that's that's new, and that's in addition to the stuff that's going uh, theatrically. So so as you mentioned, we got Raya and the Last Dragon coming up. We've talked about that one. It's coming out March 5th. The new news here is that it's going to take the, um, the premiere access model that... Um, uh, that Mulan tried, and and by most accounts, Mulan was unsuccessful. They're going to try it again with Raya and the Last Dragon. This time it's an original. This time it's an animated film. And uh, being the Disney show that I am, they will have my twenty nine ninety five uh, US or thirty four ninety nine in Canada plus tax as soon as I can, as soon as I can give it to them to watch it on Disney Plus. Uh, but they're going to give another stab at that model, which is um, which is interesting because Disney's Soul is going direct to Disney Plus free, no additional charge on Christmas Day, and that's a big budget, high, well reviewed Pixar film. Last time I saw Soul was still at one hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes. For that's worth i mean pixar tends to be in the high 90s when it comes to critic approval anyway i mean if you're looking for a thumbs up or thumbs down it's hard to give a pixar movie a thumbs down so um of course they they typically score very high but um i just thought it's an interesting contrast that they went away from that model with soul and now they're back to it with raya uh other big news they announced encanto uh which is going to be a feature film uh coming to theaters november 24th 2021 uh this is this to me is is one of the most exciting ones um so uh, I'm excited about Raya and Canto, uh, and we're going to do our most anticipated of 2021, uh, you know, in the next few weeks here. This is one that might actually hit near my top 10. Uh, it's set in Colombia, where a magical family lives in a magical home. It follows a girl named Mariana, who is the only member of her family that doesn't have magical powers. It's directed by Disney regulars uh, Byron Howard, who's done Bolt, Tangled, Zootopia, but he's been involved creatively in... Uh, a, a, a number of highly recognizable Disney animated films, and Jared Bush, who worked with him on Zootopia. Uh, big, big news here, though, is that it's, it's music. It's a musical with songs by Lin Manuel Miranda, who did Moana and Hamilton, and the songs are both uh, written in both English and Spanish. So, this is almost can't miss um, from the perspective of the audience that this is geared to. Uh, and then Lupe, as you mentioned, we got the Disney Plus series coming out. Uh, they've they talked about Baymax, which continues after the events of Big Hero Six. It's about Baymax going through San Francisco and and finding new patients. Zootopia Plus. I really like the original Zootopia. Yeah, it's preachy with its moral message, but that's where I want to see my preachy moral message is in Disney animated films for my kids. Um, now, what they're doing with this makes me cringe out of my seat. It's a three parody uh, three parody spinoff shows: The Real Mouse Wives of Little Rodentia, So You Think You Can Prance, and The Fast Life of Flash the Sloth. So. Uh, this is aimed at an age group I would think that you know tops out at my daughter's age uh, of nine. I would think they're going even younger than that with this. Uh, so this this is not for me. Um, then in 2023 they got three um, extended series coming out, uh, long form series. They got Tiana uh, from Princess and the Frog. This is about her arriving in Maldonia for the first time. They've got a Moana series. This is about her leaving Montanui for the first time. And then we've got a Waju, which is um, 
partnering with an animation studio called Kugali, uh, and it's a sci-fi futuristic series set in uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, Lupe, if I'm butchering the pronunciation of that, uh, please please correct me. No, no, uh, you did okay. You did okay. Leg Lagos is good? Okay. So um, that one looks pretty cool to me. So, so that's the Disney animation side of things. Uh, moving on to Pixar, uh, we've got Luca in theaters uh, coming out June 18th, 2021. We got a first look at the animation style for this and um, ugh, I was not impressed by this. I don't know what you guys thought if you guys saw the first look at it, but this was a, to me a big step down in terms of Pixar animation. I don't know what, what the hell they're doing here, but I was not impressed by it. Um, Luca is, it's uh, the synopsis basically is that it's set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera. It's a coming of age story about uh, one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, endless scooter rides. <laughs> Luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deep held secret. Uh, they are sea monsters from another world just below the water's surface. So um, I didn't know what to make of this prior to this, and I had it fairly highly rated on my most anticipated for 2021. Uh, let's just say this one's not going to hit the top 10 anymore. Now that I've seen the animation style, it's not not to me a step in the right direction for Pixar. Uh, next, we've got Turning Red, which is in theaters March 11th, 2022. Uh, they give you a little tiny look at the animation. It's about a 13-year-old girl named May who turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. And this is from a Canadian director, uh, Chinese-born Canadian director, Domi Shi, who did um, a short called Bao. Uh, which was a pretty creepy little short, uh, well animated and and I guess a little you know sentimental as always hits you you know hits you um, in sort of a relatable way where you can sort of feel the emotion of it. But it was a little creepy. It's about a woman who was uh, having trouble um, uh, letting go of her son and made a made a bow bun that sprouted arms and legs and grew into a little boy <laughs> and she smothered it and then eventually when it wanted to leave she ate it. So. Uh, Creepy. And so, and this one, again, it's a similar animation style to Luca. It just wasn't doing it for me. So uh, there's that. Then we got Lightyear, and this one's getting a lot of talk on the internet. This is summer 2022. This is a movie about, so this is Buzz Lightyear, uh, but it's voiced by Chris Evans, not uh, Tim the Tool Man. What's his name? Alan. Uh, Tim Allen. Allen Tim Allen. Yeah. And uh, so it's voiced by Buzz Lightyear because this is a movie on which the Toy Story character Buzz Lightyear is based. So it's in the Toy Story universe, but it's the the real story, I guess, within the universe on which the toy is based. Uh, so interesting concept. We'll let you guys weigh in on that. Uh, and then Disney Plus series from Pixar. We've got something called Popcorn, which is eight shorts, coming out January 21. we got Doug Days coming out in fall 2021. This is Doug the Dog from the movie Up. <laughs> this is Doug encountering the dangers of suburbia. Uh, we got a Cars series, uh, fall 2022, Lightning McQueen and Mater on a road trip adventure. we got something called Win or Lose, which apparently is a long-form series coming out fall 2023, about a co-ed softball team telling the events of the same week from the perspectives of every member of the ball team. Uh, over and over again, I guess, for however long it goes. So uh, I'm not sure what to make of that. And then lastly, I'll run through the Disney live-action stuff before I pass it off to you guys. Uh, we got Pinocchio, live-action Pinocchio, coming to Disney+. Plus. This is directed by Robert Zemeckis with Tom Hanks as Geppetto. I mean, that sounds to me like a pretty big deal. Uh, we got Peter Pan and Wendy on coming to Disney+, Plus live-action, directed by David Lowry, who did Pete's Dragon with Jude Law as Captain Hook. Again, that's a pretty big deal. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers live action with Andy Samberg and John Mulaney as the voices of Chip and Dale. 
Uh, we'll wait and see. I hope that looks better than Tom and Jerry. Uh, we've got Disenchanted for the people that, uh, for our for our Amy uh, Amy Adams uh, fans. We've got uh, Disenchanted coming back, the sequel to uh, Enchanted. Uh, we got Hocus Pocus 2, which um, I, these are two in a row that my wife and daughter will be excited in. A Three Men and a Baby remake, uh, cringing out of my seat here. My wife and daughter will be excited about that. Cheaper by the Dozen, also cringing out of my seat. My wife and daughter will also be excited about that. Sister Act sequel, another one for my wife and daughter, but not for me. Uh, we got an animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which uh, I'll watch. My daughter uh, would probably be interested in that. Animated Night at Museum, the whole family uh, will all enjoy watching that. We like those movies. Percy Jackson series. We haven't even got to the Percy Jackson movies yet, but I'm interested in the Percy Jackson series. Uh, then, of course, we've got Lion King prequel directed by Barry Jenkins, live action. we got a live action in Little Mermaid movie directed by Rob Marshall. They've announced the casting for that. Cruella coming to theaters May 2021. That's Emma Stone as Cruella in a Cruella origin story, of course, based on the uh, 101 Dalmatians. Beauty and the Beast prequel series, and they announced that Luke Evans and Josh Gad are back as Gaston and LeFou, and Gaston is my all-time favorite Disney character. I absolutely <laughs> adore Gaston. Uh he uh, he 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 is to Disney what Darth Vader is to Star Wars for me. So uh, so Gaston is a highlight of, of of the entire Disney stable of properties for me. Uh, then we've got uh, and that was basically it. Uh, to be honest, the one thing I was disappointed about here was no mention of Tron Three or a revival of Tron Uprising, mm-hmm. uh, but but quite a list. So uh, I know I've rambled on. I'm going to pass it on to you guys. Uh, who's who's anxious to talk first? Is it Lupe? What do you, what do you got, not Lupe, me. before? I not me. No matter how unanxious Christian is, it cannot be less than I am. All right. <laughs> Christian, Christian, tell us what you think. I, I, high level. It's a lot of shit. I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge combination of Disney Plus and, you know, also at least right now saying that there is a commitment to theatrical releases in there. Um, my wife and I don't have children, so and, and I really hope that I get to see my nieces and nephews more as the pandemic starts to end, hopefully towards the end of 2021, and I can really get together with them more than I did. And there's a lot of movies and a lot of series and things that we watch with them, especially. And you guys know I'm on record saying I see some kid shit. We'll go to the theater and people will look at us like we're two weirdos and whatever. My wife and I sometimes like to be kids. But for Disney+, Plus, this stuff more like adds a value then I'm necessarily like looking forward to all of it, you know, like, so, but there were a couple things that you, so I'll just do like two or three that you said that are, that we are looking forward to my wife, you guys know, is Colombian. Uh, so Encanto was definitely something like right away, her ears were like, what? And then she showed it to me and we watched it. And she's also a big fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda. And, uh, it was just awesome to hear that that was coming. So we're very excited about that. So I'm with you, Paul. That's that's way up there in terms of anticipation. Iwaju really was something that came out of left field for me, totally out of left field. Um, and I, I was like, wow. So now I'm really into that as well. I'm always a big Pixar fan. Recycling Lightyear, like you said, it's an interesting take on it, but so I guess I'm kind of interested in it. I, I Luca and Turning Red, cool, but the animation style left a little bit to be desired for me and the other stuff that's coming up on disney plus is not really for me man if i had kids it would be cool you know with cars and and pixar popcorn and stuff like that it's not really my thing i I will repeat if i can really get into seeing my nieces and nephews more um and spending some time with them i think there are some things that we can watch with the whole family with my sister and everything like that so yeah i do believe there's some stuff in here so i'll say this there's definitely a couple of things that you said in there, live action, like you were talking about the Beauty and the Beast prequel. I'm into that as well. I'm definitely into that. 
to me, it just adds that stuff will eventually go on to streaming on Disney Plus no matter what. So even the stuff that goes on to into the theatrical releases will eventually the home is going to be Disney Plus. And it wraps up into that larger conversation that all of us have been having that the streaming wars are just out of control. And you now have more that adds to the value proposition for Disney Plus. Lupe and I talked a couple of weeks ago about how awesome now with the theatrical stuff coming onto HBO Max, that vaults HBO Max's value proposition up. All this shit, even if you're not getting it right away, you're getting into theaters first, it's eventually going on to Disney Plus. So you're a family, the eight bucks a month or whatever it's going to be, it's a no-brainer because this stuff's all going to be there. So I'll end by saying, yeah, there's some shit on here that definitely looks interesting to me, like the Pinocchio thing. Yeah, you just mentioned that. Like, wow, that's interesting. But that's not necessarily why I go to Disney Plus. But, man, does that say something about their value proposition now, especially if you have a family? You're a fan of Disney, Marvel, all this other stuff. You, I mean, oh, my God. It's like it, for, for a lot of people out there, I think it's a no-brainer to have this thing. And they launched a shot across the bow with this stuff. Go ahead. There's some high there's some high quality stuff in here. If this is your yeah. thing, and, yeah. and, and granted, this is targeted more to four quadrant, you know, family audience. Uh, if this is your thing, they're putting some high quality stuff in here. That, yeah. The bypassing yeah. the theaters with some high quality stuff. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So yeah, I don't know um, if there's much I can add there. So, I mean, you you guys have comprehensively covered it, exhausted it beyond. Uh, <laughs> what I will say is that I got more love to share things, for it, Lupe. <laughs> there isn't a lot that is meant for me here. This is just not my thing on, right. on so many levels. But there are a couple of things that do pique my interest. Ryan the Last Dragon, I'm going to give a chance because actually my favorite, you know, sort of like all ages, uh, like animation, uh, CGI animation um, feature is Kung Fu Panda hmm. because I enjoy my martial arts and Kung Fu. Um, and Ryan the Last Dragon is going to have huge elements of that so i am very very curious to see what that's like i'm actually going to watch it and give it a chance hopefully it doesn't disappoint um also obviously you guys know that i am of nigerian descent uh so um iwaju is is close to my heart i have said that you know in 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 popular media we have explored a lot of um a lot of Norse mythology, a lot of Greek mythology, and um, I think that the next frontier would be would be the the undiscovered, unexplored, uh, huge, vast mythologies, and the uh, voodoo ifa uh, mythology of of the Yoruba people of Nigeria is very rich. It's mm -hmm. just as rich as what you see with, you know, Greek mythos in terms of having a pantheon of gods that have their own personalities, their own motives, um, huge lore backstories, powers, you know, superpowers and weapons and, and, and all that stuff and their interactions with morals. So I think that um, we started to see traces of that with like Black Panther. And I think that that's what really influences this Iwaju um um, series because in Yoruba Iwaju means forward or front and I think in this context it means future or futuristic um, so the the uh, hints from Black Panther are very obvious obviously since Black Panther has to do with you know Afropunk, uh, Afrofuturism um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do and I think it's about time 
that um, somebody's there exploring this. And as much as I'm not a big fan of Disney, I got to give them credit for always being innovative with stuff like this. They're always hopping on and just being smart. And what they're going to do with stuff like this is that this is how they gain fans for life. This is why you see people who are avid Disney fans, like they're fans for for forever because they're really able to delve into into these spaces that are underserved and 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 do at least a decent job you know it might not be the most artistic avant-garde thing ever but they do a good job of of making something that everyone you know will enjoy is good quality and because they were first to get there they're going to have people who are dedicated and thankful to them for that offering since their competitors are not doing the same. So um, Iwaju is 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 one that we should look out for. And then also we forgot to mention during our Lucasfilm uh, discussion about the children of uh, Blood and Bone. And that is one that I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. and one that you guys also should be. So it's written by a Nigerian lady. It's a book series. You can compare it to um, Lord of the Rings. And it's set in Africa and it's based on African, like Ifa Yoruba mythology. And the only thing that I'm a little bit um, apprehensive about is that it's Disney, because this is something that is in the realm of a Game of Thrones or a Lord of the Rings. It 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 has elements of darkness and seriousness to it, um, and it should be done in this very highbrow artistic way. I wouldn't like them to give it the Star Wars treatment where, okay, there is darkness to it, but then there's this comedic bent, which kind of tones it down and, you know, really trying to appeal to all audiences. I just don't think it's a good fit. But at the same time, you got to give Disney the credit for being the ones that bought the IP and said, we're going to put our 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 powers behind this you know where were all all the other student studios when this was when this was up for uh for auction um i definitely would not have liked netflix to 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 take a stab at this because as much as you know the the witcher is cool they don't have a good track record of turning you know huge sprawling fantasy epics into something cinematic and and uh and great and warner brothers has a very good track record um places like paramount you know sony also would do a decent job but that's why i said like you got to give disney credit and i'm telling you guys like when we're much older and our kids are older and we see a lot of uh african and 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 black people like loving disney these are going to be the reasons why they have that foresight they don't think in terms of can this make us money in the next uh five years when it comes out they're thinking of generations and no matter what you feel about disney you just got to tip your hat to them so um the the last thing that we're going to talk about is just a couple of miscellaneous uh bits and um other series in the work Um, there's an alien series that's going to be coming under fx and hulu um also um will smith has something in national geographic which is called welcome to earth and it follows him as he embarks on an awe-spiring journey to unlock the secrets and mysteries of planet earth's most extraordinary and unexplained phenomena then we have a limitless which stars chris helmsworth which explores (laughs) the limits of the human body 
which could not be any more on brand or on point, <laughs> really. The only other person that I could see hosting this would be like The Rock. Like those are the two human beings, period, that are made for this sort of thing. And I know that it's going to be hella fun. Then uh, there's going to be an Ice Age uh, spin-off series. So that's more of um, of Disney leaning into, you know, their IPs and nostalgia. It's going to be called Ice Adventures of Buck Wild. And uh, it's going to be some peg um, voice and Buck. It's premiering early 2022. So does, does any of those uh, interest you guys? Uh, what, what do you think? I think it's good that they're um, expanding that geo. I think that's mm -hmm. a good thing. You know, it, it's um, that's that's one of those channels and everything that, you know, with cable packages going away, you know, as people cut the cord, uh, it, I think that there actually is call me old school or call me a nerd, whatever. I think there's actually very good and worthwhile programming on that geo because the more we understand about the earth and the more we understand about our different societies and our cultures and everything i think the better off we are so i'd like to see well done series expanded on nat geo so I'll, I'll leave it at that i i just think that that's one of those things that disney purchased and i'm glad they're not letting it die mm, very i i agree like as for especially since they're they're you know targeting kids and families, educational yeah. stuff is very important. And yeah. um, if I had kids, that's one of the things that I will make sure that they watch, even though they'd hate me for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, Lupe. Yeah, I, I love I love Nat Geo and I love Disney Nature. You think I can? I mean, ever since my daughter turned about five, she's refused to watch those with me. Like I could, we could just drag to the theater to watch. <laughs> yeah, but she she won't watch them. I cannot get her to watch that stuff with me as much as I want her to. So I'll, I'll watch it by myself sometimes because I really enjoy it. And I think it's great quality stuff, and I'm glad it survives. I mean, it's just like the Novas of the world and, uh, you know, some of the PBS shows that I really love that I, I'm, right. I'm just so glad they're they're hanging on even if they're on life support because they are <laughs> really high-quality shows that I just hope are there for her when she's old enough to appreciate them. And, and I still love them myself in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And and uh, going back to your early points, are you, are you guys – is it my turn to, to, to ramble yeah, here? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. want to say that I'm, I'm excited with the Alien series. Yeah, uh, from, yeah. From yeah. I am too. No, Noah Hawley and, and executive produced by Ridley Scott, um, bringing the aliens to Earth, which is an interesting concept. Yep. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but uh, um, if Ridley Scott's attached to it, I think you know it's going to be high quality. At least I, that's my yeah. my impression. Um, so so I, I'm excited about that. Um, the one thing I'm disappointed about is I know there was there was some hope that we might hear some announcement about an Alita um, prequel mm -hmm. or sequel. Um, either sequel movie or, or prequel series and uh, there's nothing as far as I know it's the uh, same with with the amount of stuff that they've announced it's a huge shame like this is like such an easy money maker for them because I mean there's a rabid fan base for for the elitist stuff like um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very surprised for for a studio that leans so much into nostalgia and and fan service for them not to you know, announce anything, Alita, ugh, and the, 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 the Alita army, they must be sick to their stomachs. Yeah, I, I think they are, because they, they had a lot of hope. I mean, they I saw posts going around on Twitter, like, giving you the info to watch a Disney uh, Investor Day live stream, because they were oh. all excited that they might hear something, because I think there were rumors about a potential se uh, prequel series being announced, which actually makes mm -hmm. sense when you look at the, I mean, the Alien series going to FX. Yep. Um, maybe that's where an Alita prequel series belongs, is, is there, right? But nothing, which is disappointing, right? So uh, yeah, hopefully, right. hopefully clearly, that 
Sorry, go ahead, Paul. Go no, ahead. no, I was going to say, hopefully that's not like a death blow. Like, hopefully there is still something in the works. There's still potential. I mean, there's always potential to, for something. But um, hopefully there was more than just false rumors behind that and that there is something in the works, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, they're clearly, you know, still doing FX and Hulu. So, you know, they're not done with those. But yeah. you guys are right. Not hearing from about Tron, Alita. We, the future is still there, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing we didn't hear. Yeah, yeah. For for me, in terms of Tron, I'm kind of a little bit happy that they're not leaning into Tron. And that's <laughs> for selfish reasons alone, and that's simply because um, there is there is quite some similarity between the Matrix and Tron. Um, and um, if Tron is done very well, because obviously it's a virtual world with mm-hmm. you know, and and especially if you really modernized and tight into the fact that we're in a lot of virtual platforms and having avatars, there's a very smart way um, to do it. And that um, that concept is applicable to the Matrix. Whoever gets there first is going to be able to plant their flag. Um, and selfishly, I'm happy that mm-hmm. Tron didn't do it first. I, I apologize, Paul. Don't hate me. <laughs> No, you know what? I, I I just want the original Tron sequel. I want the one they were planning for back when Legacy came out. So they don't need to get too creative for me. Just give me more of that world. I lo- I love Legacy, and I, I just want more of that. And um, you know the Lido the Lido uh, news. I mean, he seemed to basically. I mean, Disney. I don't think confirmed it, but I mean, Lido all but confirmed it that it was in mm-hmm. the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm still optimistic it's on its way. Um, so this this doesn't crush my hopes by any means. I just it would have been nice to get some formal confirmation. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm just happy with them continuing on that story or however they've tweaked it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, that's still, that's going to okay. put the excitement meter through a 10 for me when we finally do get confirmation. <laughs> All right. So, so let's wrap up our, our discussion and let, let's end it with final thoughts. I want to know your, your, your thoughts about the streaming wars. This, this gauntlet that Disney has, 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 has dropped. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of industry-wide um, trends, where it's going to place them? Also, let's not forget that they have busted through um, their subscription targets, um, and it seems like they seem like by 2024 they should have like 200 million. Um, so all that, let's put it in context in context of HBO Max and their their decision in context of Netflix, where Netflix is at. Um, yeah. I want you guys to bring your your superpowers to bear on this one. We are very experts in this discussion, and I think uh, the audience will learn a lot from you guys. So let's start with uh, Christian. Well, look, it's a it's a clear shot by Disney to say we're 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 in it to win it basically at this point. Um, that you know we want to be the go to place for all of these franchises, right? Whatever it might be. We want to be the go-to place for your family's entertainment. We want to be the go-to place for so many things. You want Marvel content. You want Star Wars content. You want family content. You want animated. You want live action. You want this. You want that. We got it. We got it all. And, you know, again, we can all have that conversation that it's quote-unquote safe because it's Disney. The biggest thing that I see that's the difference between what they've done and what HBO Max is doing, Disney is leaning hard into their IP, hardcore into their IP. So all of their... There's not much in here that's original. There is some stuff. We we highlighted it today. There's absolutely some original IP that's in here. But the bulk of what they're going on right now, even the Pixar stuff and the animated, even the series that are going to be on Disney Plus, is all, you know, 
things like we were talking like Zootopia or whatever. The Marvel stuff is, sure, some of the stuff that's coming out is brand new, but it's based on characters that we already know. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see a ton. Of, now, Moon Knight and everything. Yeah, okay, there's stuff. But still, Star Wars. These are IPs and everything that we're very comfortable with. So it's interesting that that's the direction where they went, whereas the other side of it is HBO is to saying, hey, we're, you know, Lovecraft Country and, you know, other, the other things that are coming out with HBO. We were just talking about the flight attendant recently. So it seems like they're going with newer, you know, like more original content or it might be based on short stories, movies, things like that. So it's very interesting that that's the direction that they decided to take. But it's a winning formula for them, Lupe, as you just said. The other part of it that I will say, and then I'll, I'll leave it to you guys to give me your thoughts uh, to react to this, is that. Some of my mutuals bought this up online, and I thought it was interesting. They didn't take the pounding that Warner Brothers took when HBO decided to come out and say, well, we're going to do the 30-day timeline with our theatrical releases. And in the United States, you'll be able to, $15 a month, get these theatrical releases right at home in 4K, and you can stream them. And then they'll disappear for a little while, and then later on, they'll come back to HBO Max, and you can get them on Blu-ray and blah, 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 whatever. And HBO got ripped AT&T and Warner Brothers got destroyed anybody who thinks that Disney is not playing the long game here you're, you're missing you're missing out you're short term saying well Black Widow is still going to go to theaters and the Eternal is still going to go to theaters they are pushing direct to consumer it's clear it's so goddamn clear with everything that we're watching. So because everybody got that short-term kind of, oh, thank God, right? They're, whew, the movies are going to go to theaters whew, and wipe their brow. Did you see what they're putting on Disney Plus over the next five years? It's insane. So direct-to-consumer is clearly the focus right now. So the streaming wars are not going anywhere. It's heating up. They are saying on the surface, at least, that they're not giving up on their theaters. And I don't necessarily think they are. But they are pushing people to go here, not necessarily to go to the theater first. So it's very interesting that they they had to dodge that bullet from the media, um, but that's just what they're doing. So I probably talked too long and I apologize, but this is, this the, the streaming wars are not over, I think, by a long shot yet, and we're still going to see a lot more. Um, so it's th th this is just getting more and more interesting, but there's only so many, there's only so much money for a family to go around, and Disney... They just decided right now to stake a claim and say, we need your eight to ten dollars a month. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't have too much to add to that, Christian. I think you covered it pretty well. Um, I'll just say that, you know, after HBO's big announcement and the backlash, um, Disney really, uh, you know, sort of threw down their proposition. And, uh, you know, it's 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 impressive. I mean, it's like we said earlier on, it's it's great value for the money, uh, which, you know, which to me is actually a departure from what Disney used to do. Because you remember with their Blu-rays, they used to lock these friggin things up in the vault and you could only yep. buy their Blu-rays for limited times and they never went on sale. They're always atrociously expensive. <laughs> and, you know, they would create these little pockets of demand where, oh, you better buy it now at thirty four ninety nine or else you won't get your chance again for another 10 years. It's going back in the vault um, to now giving you just any enormous amount of content for an incredibly reasonable price right um so it's a big shift for them and uh i mean they're gonna have my money for the next three years at least right well all this stuff's coming out uh you know even if they raise it a buck who cares like this is a great value um i'm impressed with what hbo max did as well and i i like netflix i get good value for my subscription um, my trouble is finding the time to watch all this stuff but for right now um you know, thankfully, it all fits within the budget, and, and I'm willing to buy all three, uh, plus Apple. I mean, we always forget about Apple, but Apple's, uh, you know, cheap and, and gives uh, 
good good quality content for your, for your money. It's worth it to me, even though they don't have a ton of content. What they do offer is high quality and worth worth the cost to me. So, um, I mean, it's I think it's great, and uh, and you know they're they're obviously not just are they, not only they're going direct to consumer with the stuff, creating these. Um, you know, new new shows that are going to attract viewers, but the stuff that's real successful is going to show up in their theme parks and their merchandise, and you're going to buy collectors cups and whatever the hell else, right? So they're going to keep raking in the money. You're going to see it on the resorts and the cruise ships and their restaurants and whatever else, right? So they're just a, an enormous, finely oiled uh, cash machine, right? So um, impressive blow for them to the to the competition, and uh, I, I'm, you know, I for one, despite the fact that I couldn't care less about any of the MCU stuff. Uh, still feel that I'm going to get great value from all the other stuff, and hopefully, um, you know, the MCU crowds will pull people away from the stuff I'm interested in at the theme parks, and uh, it'll be a win for everyone, right? So, with that, I will pass it on to Lupe. Yeah, um, for me, th there are two ways to look at this. What do I think about it personally, and then what do I think about it objectively and positively? Um, personally, not a lot of it, you know, interests me. Um, Disney does not make content for me. Um, just not my things, just not good enough for my tastes. Um, and with how, how much they've leaned into nostalgia and leaned into brands and leaned into name brands, it just comes off as gaudy. It just comes off as crass. It comes off as a bit classless to me. It, it, it reminds me of like, you know, the the guy that you see like the rapper that has all like the bling like 10 chains like is wearing like the versace shirt the dolce and gabbana pants the gucci sneakers <laughs> it's just like name brand over the top and don't get it twisted i love flashy things i love name brands but there is a level of of taste and, and class to to applying these things but disney has no shame whatsoever. They're shameless. It just leaned into it. Like if I was Bob Chapek, Disney's CEO, and I was tasked with bringing all these things to market, like I don't see myself having the balls, okay? The unmitigated gall, the, the <laughs> intestinal fortitude, the steel gonads to actually be like, you know what? 10 Marvel series, 10 Star Wars series. 15 Pixar, <laughs> 200 nostalgia plays. Like, they just went all out. But on the objective side, positively, it's going to pay off for them in spades. Believe you me, Disney is going to be competing with Netflix for the top crown in terms of number of subscribers. Like, we used to say that Netflix has run far and away with, with, the, with, the, with the torch and they can't be caught. But I'm telling you, Disney is going to be snipping at their heels. Given to about like the late 2020s, I'm telling you, Disney is going to be right there for a lot of reasons. One, because of how much quality content that they're putting out in terms of the name brands, how much they're investing in them, the the, the vast quantity of it. And also their price is, is just an overwhelmingly, it's just an overwhelmingly, positive value proposition you just can't beat low prices and 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 high content um so i give them a lot of credit for that but also 
talking about you know their competitors one thing that we love about capitalism and one thing that we love about having different players in the game is that this is going to force their competitors to step their game up you have no choice especially for something like hbo max who they make the content that i like they have a very good track record of all that but their value proposition is negative at this point they're the most expensive streaming service and they don't have the most content you know but with the hbo max uh you know hybrid release strategy for warner brothers movies coming up they're they're beginning to raise the game and the reason why they did that a lot of people feel is because of uh you know what disney announced with the fact that their their subscriptions had hit uh like 86.7 million and had shattered their projections and then the investor day was coming up and they knew that you know there were going to be even more um announcements and i'm sure that they got wind of of a lot of things that were coming up um so hbo max the ball is in your court you know you're really going to have to step your game up if you want to be a player in this and they, they pretty much have zero choice i listened to an interview that jason kylar did and he was talking about um spending and he said look nobody's going to outspend them so i want to see him put his money where his mouth is he said in terms of spending on content spending on creators he said that they are at the point where no one has the ability to outspend them but so far we haven't seen that although to be sincere the hybrid release release strategy is a huge spend because they're going to be foregoing some dollars when it comes to the theatrical model it's an investment in the future but i really want to see what they do with originals with series that sort of thing um i'm very curious about that so um that's our discussion for the day on the disney investor day the slew of um of announcements that they made we want to hear what you guys think does anything have you interested what do you think about the announcements that were made from marvel from lucas films and from uh, like pixar and, and live action series and uh even stuff like the alien series and the miscellaneous things that we talked about and also tell us what you think about the streaming wars what you think about you know netflix the future we want this to be a conversation between us and you thank you very much for listening and now we will uh say our goodbyes and close us out so christian go right ahead it was good talking to you guys about all this stuff tonight and uh like lupe said hope to hear from everybody you can catch me on twitter and instagram at the same place i'm at chart 6363 take care of each other guys all right and paul yeah as always enjoyed the conversation guys um you can reach me on twitter at underscore paul underscore p all right and i have been yours truly as usual lupe you can find me on twitter at live love lupe you can find me on the various social media app also at live love lupe you can find the film exiles collective on twitter at the film exiles and on the various social media app at the film exiles as well please be sure to like this video be sure to subscribe to our channels share it you know tell your friends about how good we are give us you know the listens you know encourage us we love you guys stay safe okay um and you know have a a, a good holiday season and until next time no matter what you do no matter where you are stay exiled